So we praise God. So, um, you know, as you look at the world we're living in today and, and everything that is, that is happening and unfolding before us, I believe most of us would agree that people are living with anxiety. Uh, I think most of us would. I, I see it. Uh, you know, I tell my wife, I, I, I recognize the fear and anxiety on, on people's faces, and it's, it's disheartening. I'll be honest with you. It's, it's, it's very disheartening to see that people live with that level of, of, of fear and anxiety. Um, there's uncertainty in the world today. Uh, there's, there's fear. Um, we've, got, we've had the COVID pandemic, the uh, situation with politics. Um, there's people feel like there's so much injustice happening in the world today. And then to top it all off, now we're dealing with the situation with the war in Russia and Ukraine. And there's just a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of unsettlement out there. And, and people are, they're, they're extremely anxious. But, you know, I don't believe that this anxiety is a result of current events. Rather, I believe that these events have exposed the anxiety that was already there. You know, I told my wife that when, when COVID broke out and, you know, people began to really be afraid and be fearful and all those different things, I believe that the, the anxiety and the fear that people were displaying was already there. In other words, they were fearful of something, but the, the COVID or whatever gave them something to attach their anxiety or their fear to, you know, so um, that, that, that exists. So to say that our society is living with anxiety is not judging or criticizing them, it's just being honest. That, that's where we're at. It's, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not condemning them or judging people for being that way. That, that, that's just the hard facts, the hard truth that, that we are living in a society where people are... Or they're anxious. And um, so um, if you do a quick Google search, um, this, this will bear it out. I just did a, a fast search here. Just, to, like, just, just give me a survey of, um, of, of anxiety. You know, and, and I know people do these kind of surveys all the time. And there was a, a group called Single Care Survey. And they surveyed 2,000 people um, in, in America today to learn about, to learn about anxiety. And this is just some of the things that they discovered. They said that 62% in their survey of 2,000 people, 62% of the people um, experienced some degree of anxiety. So that would be like 6 out of, out of 10. You know, 60% of the people, it says 21% of respondents have been clinically diagnosed with anxiety. That, that was alarming to me. It's not just like people were expressing like, I'm anxious. They've been to like a either a physician, a doctor, uh, you know, some, some form of, of uh, you know, they have some kind of medical attention for this. And 21% of the people said that they have been clinically diagnosed with anxiety. It said nearly half of respondents regularly experience anxiety. 47% of respondents who experience anxiety experience it regularly. And then another thing I thought that was interesting was anxiety they found was more common in women than it was in men. Um, the experience anxiety on a regular basis says 52% of women did compared to uh, 39%, 39% of, um, of men. And then another statistic I thought was interesting is that um, the, the age group of the people that were experiencing anxiety was a younger age group. You know, the older age, older uh, age group wasn't experiencing as much as the, as the younger people were. The 25 to 30, 35 year range, that, that range up in there was the, the anxiety was even, was even greater, greater for them. So 
but I didn't need a survey to tell me that that anxiety is real. I sense that. And I think some of us in here, most of us would admit that, that we may be experiencing it now or we have at some time or some point um, in, in, our, in our lives. And um, so, you know, what, what's the remedy? You know, the world, you know, that, that's really what the world wants to know is what's the answer? What's the, what's the remedy? What's the antidote for this anxiety and this fear that I'm feeling? And, um, well, we know what the world turns to. They, they turn to drugs and to alcohol and all those different things. And, and even if that gives a temporary relief, it's never going to provide a permanent solution. The, the, the alcohol is going to rub off. The drugs are going to wear off. And they're going to be right back where they were. And, in, and I believe in most instances, they're probably worse off than they were before they turned to, the, to that drug or to that alcohol or whatever it was that they turned to. So there, I, I, came, I remembered a song as I was preparing for this message that I thought was appropriate for this. Um, and I thought it, it kind of... To me, this song kind of speaks to people's attitude when it comes to fear and anxiety. And y'all might remember this song. It was called, Don't Worry, Be Happy. How many of y'all remember that, remember that song? And it's a song by Bobby McFerrin. And it's a, it's, a, it's a funny song, but listen to some of the lyrics here. I'm going to read some of these. And um, I'm not going to sing it, but it's tempting because it's got a catchy, catchy thing in there. But that Ray wants me to sing it. I'm not going to sing it. I'm not. I'm not going to sing it. Here's a little song I wrote. You might want to sing it note for note. Don't worry, be happy. In every life we have some trouble, but when you worry, you make it double. Don't worry, be happy. Don't worry, be happy now. Ain't got no place to lay your head. Somebody came and took your bed. Don't worry, be happy. The landlords say your rent is late. He may have to litigate. Don't worry. Be happy. <laughs> like good little children, don't worry. Be happy. Now listen to what I say, I said. In your life, expect some trouble. When you worry, you make it double. Don't worry. Be happy. Be happy now. Don't worry. Don't do it. Be happy. Put a smile on your face. Don't bring everybody down like this. It will soon pass, whatever it is. Don't worry, be happy. I'm not worried, I'm happy. And as funny as that song is, it's tragic. Because a lot of the lyrics in that, in that song is the way a lot of people feel about their anxiety. And someone in the world that's not biblically sound or they're not saved, they could listen to that song and just think that's the answer. That just literally, don't worry, be happy. And, and, it's a, and that would be nice if it was true, but it's not true. That doesn't work. You, you, you might feel a little bit of relief when you listen to that song, but at the end of the day, that's not the antidote. The Bible has the cure for anxiety and every ailment that plagues our society. We, we, know, we know that, that, that it's the Bible. Philippians 4.6, it says, and listen to this in contrast to this, to this song, that we just the lyrics we just read. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And then look at this other translation here. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. 
So the world says, don't worry, be happy. The Bible says, don't worry, pray and trust God. What, what, a, di- what a difference there. See, and, and, and we understand that the, the difference with a scripture verse like that, we can read the verse and we like what the verse says, but what makes that verse work? You have to do it. You have to, you have to put it into practice. In other words, someone can read that and says, man, that, that sounds, but it doesn't, it doesn't make a difference or an impact unless you actually do what the verse is asking you to do. So Psalm 46.10 says, it says, He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. And that's today's message is to be still and know that I am God. And this is going to be part one of this message. I think I'll be able to um, conclude the message next week. But unlike emotional feelings and good songs and temporary relief from drugs and alcohol, the Bible is the Word of God written to us, His creation. It is a sound, firm, real, practical, and trustworthy. We have to understand when we read the Bible, it's God, God wrote the Bible to His creation. It's, in other words, it's written... It's not just written to us, it's written about us. In other words, God, God knows us. He, he understands us. So, so the, Bible, the Bible is a firm, real, practical, sound, trustworthy source that you, and I, that you and I can go to. The Bible is the revelation of hope and the answer of everything that we, that we deal with, including anxiety. It's right here in the Bible. And God has given that for us. See, fear and anxiety, I believe exists because people are void of what the Word of God says. They're, try, they're trying everything else to try to, to try to give them peace and give them comfort, except the only source that will help them. It's the, it's the Bible. And um, it's, it's just amazing how, some, how so many people, they'll read every book, they'll listen to every teacher, every, every teaching, every instruction, every lesson, everything, but they'll, they'll, just, they'll deny the Bible. They'll, they'll ignore the Bible, whether it's because it's a, a religious book or it's like they're going to feel like all of a sudden I'm some kind of religious freak or whatever it is. They just discount the Bible when that's the only thing that's going to help them is, 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 what the, is what the Bible says. So people are fearful because they don't know what the Word of God says. They're not rooted in, 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 in the truth of what the Word of God says. The church is society's only hope for conquering fear and anxiety. We are in demonstration of a people who have trusted not in man, but as Jesus says, Lord, think about this. How is the world ever going to know what the Bible says? They're going to see it in you and me. We're going to demonstrate that, or or we should be. That's what we should be doing. Now, if we are falling for the trap of the devil and we're falling into the same fear and anxiety that they're falling into, then guess what happens? There's no distinction. We're, we look the same. We're, we're all frazzled. I'm all worried. I'm all fearful. Oh, my gas might go to $6. Gas might go, I'm a nervous wreck. Well, there's, there's no distinction. There's no difference. But when we take the Word of God, we read the Word, and then we apply the Word. That, that's the difference. We, we, we apply the Word of God to our lives, to, to what it says, then guess what we become? we become a demonstration of what it looks like to be a Christian. We're different. And that should be happening everywhere we go. There should be a continence. There should be a, 
a calmness, a, a confidence, not, not an arrogance, but a, a calm assurance that, you know what, I'm okay. That, that, why? Because I'm a Christian. I, I, I trust the Word of God. I'm not a religious person. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not religious. I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. We demonstrate that. Do you all understand that? that? That's what the church does. What does the Bible say? We are salt and light. That's what we do. If, 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 if we lose the salt, what does the world have? Where, where would the world turn to? We, we are in demonstration of this. So we, we show the world what it looks like to be a Christian, to follow God. So, but be still and know that I am God. See, that, that's not just a feel-good statement. Like, again, that sounds good, but it's not just something that makes you feel good. And if you look at that, that is the Psalms 46 is where that's found. And that's near the very end of, of the chapter. But to really understand what the psalmist was getting at, you have to read the whole chapter to understand what the, it's like he was, he was sharing some things and then he was, that was almost like the, the, the climax of what he was leading to. So we're going to look at, um, at Psalm 46. He had a whole chapter. It's only, uh, it's 11 verses. It says, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fail. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done. The desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says... Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted on the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Amen. Isn't that beautiful? I don't know about y'all, but to me, just reading that chapter, any fear or any anxiety begins to lift. Just by reading that, just by hearing the word, the truth of what the word of God says, but but we're going to dive into this and kind of and, and just kind of break this down and see what this is. But Psalm 46 is a reminder because of who God is. Um, we shall not have no fear and there's no anxiety because of who, who the Lord is. So let's break this down here in verse 1 there. It says, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. And the first thing we need to look at is God alone is our strength. God alone is our strength. Notice the psalmist does not say money, possessions, wealth, land, status, and God is our strength. It's, it specifically says what? God is our strength. God alone is your strength. That, 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 that's your source. God alone is your strength. See, trusting God is not a multiple choice proposition. When, when I become a Christian, I become a believer, I don't trust God plus. I trust God. I trust Jesus Christ. I've put my hope and my faith not in Jesus plus, 
It's Jesus, period. I, I trust you, Lord Jesus. That, that's my hope. And, and really, America, I believe, has Americans, we, we've never really been placed in a position where we've had to really trust God for everything, like some, some people do in the world. And, and I don't know if that's what it's going to really take for us to understand the trust that God wants us to have. But if you think about it, we, we've got it. We've we got a lot here. We've we got a lot. But we've got to find a way to separate ourselves from all the things that God has blessed us with and, 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 and show the Lord and tell the Lord, God, my trust is in you. God, you alone are, are my strength. See, anxiety is prevalent when we place our trust in anything else but God because everything else we put our trust in is unstable. It's unsecure, it's, it's shifting, it's moving, it's not, it's not the same, the stock market, the, the price of oil, the 401ks, the you know, price of gold, prices of all these different things, what happens? They're going up and down, they're, 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 they're unstable, they're, they're not stable. So, so if that's where people are placing their trust, then guess what happens? They're anxious, I'm anxious. But if some people really do, they, they, their confidence is in the stock market. They, they've, they've placed, that, that's what they live for. They, they've invested everything they have in the stock market, and that stock market dictates their level of anxiety. That's sad. That, that's a disconnect from God. That's like, well, where's God in that? We have to separate ourselves from that. So how does a Christian demonstrate his trust in the Lord? By obeying what the Word of God says. By being obedient to what the Word of God says. See, unlike the world, when we face uh, tough times or we face difficult situations, we, hopefully we don't do this, but we don't turn to alcohol. We don't turn to drugs. We, we don't turn to addictive habits. What do we do? Our trust is in the name of the Lord our God. We turn to God. We turn to God and we, 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 turn, we turn to His Word we seek the Lord in prayer and humility. We, we surrender ourselves to the lead of his voice. And, and our go-to is God. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. That's got to be your go-to. You know, the temptation might be to go to other things. But when I'm facing something, man, I got, I'm, I'm, I'm crying out to God. I'm asking God, what, what are you saying here? And I, I just want to give a shout out to Brandon Spadaro and I don't know if all of y'all noticed or not, but Jenna, his wife right now, she's in the hospital. She's at Lakeview Regional Hospital, and she was experiencing some, not some complications, but she had some things she was dealing with. The baby's fine, and it looks like she's gonna, everything's going to be fine. But I, gotta, I, I just want to give a shout-out to Brandon and to Jenna both. Their first go-to was God. Yeah. They were on the phone. They called, they, they called Rachel. And the first thing she did, she called Rachel and I uh, think Haley. And guess what Jenna said? I need you to pray. That's the first thing she said. I, I need you to pray. Brandon called me. I guess what was the first thing Brandon told me? I need, we need to pray. That was his first go-to. His first go-to was God. And, and I just want to say, but I'm just so proud of you, a, a young man, a young, a young husband, soon to be an amazing father, an amazing dad. And he's taking the lead in his home. And he's, he's, he's standing on the foundation of the word and the truth of God. And, and, and Brandon said that God is enabling him to see the operation and the workings of the church because of this experience and this, 
this trial that him and Jen are going through, he's, he's able to see vividly the workings of the church. And uh, so I just want to say, and I told Brandon, I said, I'm just, I'm proud of you. I mean, that is just, you know, and he, he can already see God using this to do some things in his life. And I told him that, I said, you know, a lot of times when, when a situation like this happens, you know, and Pastor Carl has always taught me this, we need to, to just pause for a moment and sit back and don't just look at the immediate thing that's happening, but ask God, God, what are you speaking in this situation? Is, is there something you're trying to communicate? Maybe you're trying to change me, uh, show me something, uh, reconcile, whatever. God's always, he's taking everything and he's using it for, for his benefit and for his glory, you know. So, but I just want to say, that, 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 that Brandon and Jenna was a demonstration of the scripture. God is, our, God is my strength. God is my source. And, and I just want to say, you know, you get an A plus, Brandon. Y'all did it right. Y'all, 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 y'all didn't falter. You didn't waver. You, you know, you trusted God. And, and I know there's others in here. Um, uh, 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 Justin and Megan, you know, when they're dealing with saying, man, their go-to was God. Man, I, I'm trusting God. I, I, God, God, I'm trust. My trust is in you, and and what a testimony! See, that's a demonstration of faith. That's how we demonstrate to the world who God is, and they recognize and they see that this is more than just a religion. It's a relationship. I have a I have a real relationship, and I'm connected to a body, a family, you know. And it's just a, it's just a beautiful thing to see. So, um, and then I love what it says. It says God. God is our refuge and strength. He is our refuge. What does the word refuge mean? Refuge is a condition of being safe or sheltered from pursuit, danger, or trouble. So think about this. God is my refuge. He's my safe place. He's he's my shelter from, from pursuit, from danger, or from trouble. God is my refuge. See, that's where I go. If the world could just see that that's what they need to go, go to God for your refuge. They're going to so many different things, so many addictions, so much bondage, all, all these different things, and all of a sudden it's just bringing more, more anxiety and more fear. God is our refuge. Thank you, Jesus, that God is our refuge, that he wants to be our refuge, that, that, that that's who God is. I love this scripture verse in Proverbs 18.10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. I love that. God, God, God is a strong tower, and, and we can run to God. Because why? Because we're in a safe place. Run to God when there's trouble. Run, run to God when there's anxiety. Run, run to God when there's fear. Where do you run when you become anxious? See, this is where the rubber meets the road, so to speak, as a believer. We're reading the Bible, and I'm speaking the truth. I'm preaching the truth of what the Word of God says but let me ask you individually, where do you run when you face anxiety? Is there an addictive habit? Is, is there something that you go to? Or is your first go-to, man, I'm on my knees. Man, I'm just, you know what, God, I don't understand this. You might, I don't like this. I don't, I don't know what you're doing, but God, I, I trust you. You are my refuge, God. You are my strength. See, that's maturity. That, that's, 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 that's building yourself up. As a, as a Christian. So, and then it says, an ever-present help in time of trouble. What, what, what does that mean? Well, the same God that helped Moses 
is present here today. The same God who rescued Daniel from the lion's den is present here today. The same power, the same love, and the same strength. An ever-present help in time of trouble, the, the, the Bible says. The Bible says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's the same power. It's the same strength that ever-present uh, help and strength is with you, is with you now. But look what it also means. It means God is not from a distance, but a very present help. In other words, God, God is not saying, I'm, I'm going to help you from way up there in heaven, and you're going to be down here on earth. No, present means what? God is right with you. He's standing right beside us. He's present. He's, he's in the room. He's in, he's in your situation. He's in your need. He's, he's, he's in that healing. He's, he's in that situation. God is present an ever-present. Doesn't that give you such confidence that God is an ever-present an ever help? So what do, what, what do we need to do? We just call on his name. I just call on, his, I just call on the name of Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. Just reach out to him in prayer. See, that's a demonstration of faith. I'm praying. I don't see who I'm praying to. I don't hear an audible voice speaking back to me. But I'm praying. Why? Because the Bible says God hears me when I pray. And not only does he hear me, he does what? God will answer me. God will answer us, the Bible says. And what does the Bible say? It says the word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. The message of faith. In other words, the, you just speak the word. God's right there. See, the world, the devil has the world thinking that God is a distant God. He's a, he's a, a cold God. He's a uh, just a figure, a religious symbol, a religious figure. He's not a, he's not a personal God. He, he, he doesn't care about your concerns. He doesn't care about your life. That's what the devil has, has deceived the world into thinking. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says God is an ever-present help, a, a, a God that's with me, a, a God that's right next to me, that, that feels what I feel, that, 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 that is with me in everything that I go through. That should give us such great hope such great confidence and great joy. So when anxiety begins to creep in, go to the only source that can strengthen you. His name is Jesus. Just call on the name of the Lord. Just call on the name of the Lord and God will be there. It says, therefore, in Psalms 46, 2-3, it says, therefore we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, Though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. The next thing we need to sing in this psalm is, God is our strength, whom shall I fear? Whom shall I fear? Therefore, we know when we, when we see therefore in the Bible, you go back a previous verse or a previous passage. The, 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 the psalmist says, therefore, why? The, the, the first was, God is our refuge and our strength. Therefore, because God is our refuge and our strength, and an ever-present help in time of trouble, what? We shall not fear. We, 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 shall, not, we, we shall not fear. That there's no fear. I remember when the COVID uh, uh, pandemic broke out two years ago, Brother Antoine spoke this, and I think you even spoke it to the church on, on several occasions, but you said it to me. Antoine, the, the first thing he looked at was the church and says, what is the church afraid of? 
There was what, 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 it, what does the church have anything to fear? We're Christians. I'm a believer. I'm, I'm bought and redeemed and forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ. I, I'm, I'm set apart unto God, the Bible says. I, I'm in the kingdom of God. I've been rescued from the darkness and brought into his marvelous light. I have eternal life. So when this thing came on, and, and, and Antoine, just, he just recognized it right away, that, that, that what does the church have to be afraid of, COVID or anything else? We're Christians. And that, that was my mantra. That was my heartbeat. That was the drum I was beating as soon as that thing broke out. What's the, I think it was one of the first messages I spoke, that we will not be fearful. God has not given us a spirit of fear, the Bible says. Fear, fear is a spirit. It does not come from God. It's not from God. So um, what do we have to be afraid of? Not only is God our source, He's our salvation. We are secure in Christ, whether we live or die. In other words, Paul knew that. The, 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 the apostles recognized that. That once they recognized who Christ was and the resurrection... Jesus resurrected from the dead. They understood that this life, this body, it didn't matter anymore. Their life was over with for them. And most of the disciples gave themselves as martyrs. They, they, they were willing to sacrifice themselves as martyrs for Christ. Because they understand it didn't matter. To, 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 to live as Christ, to die is gain, Paul said. Whether we live or whether we die, we're still in Christ. What do we have to be afraid of? See, we've got to remind ourselves. We've got to remind ourselves who we are in Christ. We're Christians. We're, we're, we're born again. See, we demonstrate this truth by how? By not living in fear. That's a demonstration of who we are. So hopefully someone will say, what is it about you? You know, all these things are happening in the world. Why, why aren't you anxious? Why are you not? Well, let me tell you why. Because my trust and my hope is in Jesus Christ. I trust in the name of the Lord, my God. And maybe take them to a scripture. Just share it from your heart. Just share that. See, there should be a peace. There should be a confidence. There, there should be a calmness. There, there should be a joy that, 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 that is recognizable by the world. And really, it, we're going to stand out even more. The, the darker the world gets and the more anxious the world gets, Christians should just be brighter. Because we should just be like even more obvious. There should be, the, the distinction should be, should be even greater. That, oh my gosh, you're smiling, you're, you're pumping your gas, it's $4 a gallon and you've got a smile on your face? Yeah, I'm, uh, that's not, the, if gas was $10 a gallon, it doesn't, I'm still a Christian. $10 gallon gas is not going to change who David is in Christ. We have to get our lives in perspective and who we are as, as Christians. So look what it says. It says, Though the earth give way, and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, and the mountains quake with their surging. In other words, this is what this is saying. Though a pandemic exists, though injustice happens, though war rages in Ukraine, though inflation is increasing, though my bank account is low, though sickness is in my body, Though my children are lost, I will not fear. God is my refuge and my strength. See, that's what the psalmist is saying. That, that's what the psalmist is saying. That, that all, all the, the, the earth give way. The, all these different things are happening around us. 
I will not fear. God is my refuge and God is my strength. The psalmist was building himself up and writing this psalm for us, I believe, as believers, to build ourselves up, that we are in Christ and God is our refuge. All these things around us, we're not moved. Those things should never move us. Yes, they, they impact us. They'll, they have an impact, but they should never, they should never move us off of, off of Christ. That's our firm foundation. What, what does the Bible say? He lifted me up out of the slimy fit and did what? He set me on a firm rock. What's the rock? That rock is Jesus Christ. That firm foundation. I will not be moved. So we, we have to, we, we demonstrate that. So, see, why does, God, why does God despise fear? Because, first of all, it's not from Him. God's not a God of fear. And then for a believer, I believe when we are fearful of something, it's like we are telling God, God, you can't. Or God, you're not enough. Or God, you are incapable. In other words, fear is usually a result of lack. Uh, maybe a lack of money, a lack of faith in healing. It's, it's a lack of something. So if we're afraid, what are you telling God? God, you, you, you know what? This is even too big for you. And God's like, that, that, that's offensive to God. Why? Because the Bible says nothing is impossible for God. Is anything too difficult for the Lord? The Bible says, is there any situation that God's arm is too short that he can't reach your situation and pull you out of that? Is there anything God can't do? But that's what fear does. Fear, we don't say that. We don't, we don't speak that. But that's what we're demonstrating when we're afraid. You know what, God? You can't handle this. Yes, you can. Yes, he can. God can do all things. Psalm 27, 1. says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Don't you love that? See, this is really, we, we know that the Word of God is true, but sometimes we have to speak the Word of God into our life. Like we know it's true, but we have to speak it into our situation. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Why shall I be afraid? See, that, that's what the Psalms was saying. The Lord is the stronghold of my life, in whom shall I be afraid? So you've got to speak that into your life. Because the spirit of fear is going to come. The anxiety is going to come. Even in the believer, those things are going to come. We've got to speak the truth, the truth of what the Word of God says in, into, our, into our situation. So I'm.